Welcome to the Lifehouse Podcast. Our aim is that together we can love God, love others as we walk each step with Christ. We hope you find this message practical, encouraging and life-giving. Be blessed. Welcome to church, everyone. Whether you're watching from at church or from home, wherever you're watching, we welcome you to church this morning. Um, For those of you who haven't seen me around or don't know me, I'm Nikita. Um, I'm 21 years of age and have been coming to Lifehouse here since 2018. Before that, I lived in Victoria um, and did my schooling there and then moved here to do uni and to be a little bit closer to my family um, and have been coming to Lifehouse ever since then. So I'm really, really excited to share the word with you guys this morning. This morning, we're starting a six-part series. It's the first of our six-part series called Usual Suspects. And basically, uh, we're looking at three Old Testament women and three Old Testament men. Um, And so today is the first of our Old Testament women um, and we're going to be diving into the life of Leah. Now Leah is a really significant character. She actually had um, a massive role in the Bible. Um, Not a lot is talked about her though but she was the wife of Jacob and she also had six of the 12 sons of Israel that made up the, the 12 tribes of Israel. So before we get into it this morning I'm just going to pray and then we're going to jump on in. Right, dear God, we just want to thank you so much for this morning that we can be here, we can be gathered together with people. I just pray that every single word that is spoken by myself and Danielle will go out and just resonate with people, will rest in their hearts, that none of the words spoken will return void to you, Jesus. We want to thank you for this morning. We give you praise and we give it all to you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So like I said, we are um, looking into the life of Leah this morning and her story is um, basically in Genesis 29. It goes on a little bit further, but we're going to be planted in Genesis 29 for most of this morning. So basically um, what happened is that um, Jacob was sent to Haran, um, the land of Haran, by his mum to find himself a wife. Um, And he was sent to Laban, his uncle, um, to find a wife for himself. And so... um, He gets to Haran, he finds his uncle, he gets to meet his cousins who are Leah and Rachel who end up being his wives Um, and then um, Laban invites him to live with them um, for a while and to work for them and then basically says, you know, we can't have you working for us for nothing, like let's give you something. So we're going to open up um, reading in Genesis 29 verse 15 and read through a little bit of the story of Jacob and Leah and everyone else within that story. So verse 15 says, Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what should your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak. Some other versions say that they were plain or delicate. Um, But Rachel was beautiful. She was stunning in form and appearance. Jacob loved Rachel. And he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. So basically he says seven years. Um, After doing some research, I found out that the typical bride price, which is basically what they pay, you don't just get engaged to someone. You have to go approach their father or their family and pay a certain price to be able to have their daughter as your wife. And so a typical bride price was around three and a half, three, three and a half years. But he doubles that and he says, I love your daughter so much. I'm going to pay seven years worth of... um, I'll work for you seven years for her, basically. Um, so Laban said to her, to, said to him, it is better that I give her to you than I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. And now on from verse 21, this is where we see things start to really ramp up. And there's a lot of drama that happens. There's a lot of um, 
manipulation and a lot of deception and stuff. So verse 21, then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife that I may go into her for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together everyone, all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob instead. And he went into her. And in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, it is not so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week. So Jacob went into Rachel when he got given Rachel and he loved Rachel more than Leah and served Laban another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. From then on, it goes to talk about the 12 um, children that they have, the 12 tribe of, tribes of, um, of Israel that they have between Rachel, Leah and their two maidservants. And um, this story really reminds me of the classic primary school or high school PE situation where there's your two captains sort of chosen and they have to pick and choose who they want on their team that are going to help them win their specific sport. Um, and in this situation, we see exactly that where, you know, usually in that in that scenario at school, you're just praying and hoping that you're not the last one because it just shows that you're not really wanted, that no one really values you or, or the skills that you have to bring. But this is exactly what we see happen with Leah. She's chosen last, completely last. Not even last, she's not even chosen. She's so, sort of just allocated by default. She's just placed with Jacob because no one else really wanted her. So in this story, we have Laban, the manipulator, the dad, he sort of deceives Jacob. He's trying to get his older daughter married off first um, and uses her through that. Um, then we have Rachel, the younger, more beautiful, wanted daughter. She is loved by Jacob so deeply that he's willing to pay the highest price for her. Then we have Jacob who loved, Leah, uh, loved Rachel, like I said, um, and was tricked. So because of that, he was angry at Laban. And ultimately out of that, he became just really disappointed with Leah, with who he had in Leah. And then lastly, we have Leah, the older one, the plain one, the one that's not wanted, the one that was used and ultimately rejected. That was Leah. But the amazing thing about Leah is that through all the rejection, through being used, through all of that, she had this amazing hope and faith. She was the one who, despite all of that, and we'll read a bit more about that later, she, her faith in God was unwavering. So that brings us to our first point today, which is faith, Leah's faith. Despite being in the lowest of lows and despite being no one's first pick, she knew that she knew that she knew that she was always God's first choice. When it came to team picking, no one wanted her. But God said that one, Leah, that plain one, that rejected one, that used one, that's the one I want on my team. She's the one I choose time and time again. You see, God's not looking for the most beautiful, the most eloquent, the most talented person he just wants you. He wants the one that has that faith and that hope, the one that's willing. And that's exactly what Leah was. He's saying to you, and like he said to her, even if you aren't anyone's first pick, you are always, always my first choice. So I want to encourage you with that today. Even if you aren't anyone's first pick, know that you are always God's first choice. So Leah was full of hope and had this crazy faith. And how do we know that? Well, if we keep reading on from verse 31, it says, When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. 
Then Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. For she said, it is because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved. He gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. Again, she conceived. And when she gave birth to a son, she said, now at last my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So she named him Levi. For a fourth time she conceived and she gave birth to a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. This time I will praise the Lord. So she named him Judah, which sounds like the word praise. Leah was unloved by her husband. She was used by her father. Yet through all of it, she remained so full of hope and so full of faith. She knew that even though she wasn't anyone's first pick, she was always God's first choice. And you see that in the way that she named her children. She said, God sees me, God hears me. I sing praises to you, Jesus, through all of my hard circumstances. When things were hard, when she was rejected, what did she do? She praised the Lord. She was so full of faith. She knew that even though she wasn't anyone's first pick, she was always God's first choice. And that sort of brings us to our second point for today, which is on focus. You know, we look at the faith and the hope that Leah had in God despite being rejected. But we, we know that she did that and she could do that because her focus was so firmly fixed on God. So point two for today is focus. And this is one that Danielle and I are sort of going to share. We want to give you some practical how-tos. We've sort of have looked at the what happened to her, that she was rejected and what she did. She, she had hope and she had faith, but how did she do that? And, and through her focus, how she did that. And the answer to that, to how she kept her focus on God that I'm going to be digging into and giving you some practical ways to to keep your focus on God was she was full of praise and thanksgiving. The power of her words kept her focus on God. We see that through the naming of her children, like I said. For Reuben, his name uh, sort of meant see. He has seen my misery Surely he will love me now. For Simeon, it was here, one who hears. The Lord has heard that I am unloved. She kept her focus on him the entire time. And for Judah, I love this one. It sounds like the Hebrew word for praise. This time I will praise the Lord. Like I said before, the names express the faith that she had, but also expresses the focus that she had. Psalms 150 verse 6 says, Let everything, let everything that has breath, Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. It says it twice because it shows how important it is. Let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. If you have breath in your lungs, you can praise the Lord. And why? Why is it so important to, to use our words to praise? It's because there is so much power in our words. The words that we, sh- that we say can shape things. Leah uses her words to praise God during her, during her pain to declare that he is good that she is seen by him, that he is with her. You see, praise and thankfulness, they lift our focus. It turns us sort of inside out from looking at ourselves to looking up to God. It takes it from being inwardly focused to being outwardly focused. And there is so much power in that. Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's basically saying that what you speak is what you'll see. If you are speaking words that are full of gratitude and hope and faith and, and you are praising God with your words and you're going to see that, that fruit of joy and of, of love and of just finding fullness of life. 
you're going to see that life. Similarly, if you are speaking words that are full of bitterness and resentment and just inwardly focused on what's so hard and what's going on in your life, you're going to just have that envy and that, that hate and the comparison and that bitterness. And you're not going to see that life. You're going to see that, that death, like it says in that verse, that what you are eating, what you are speaking is the fruit that you will eat. So I encourage you today, where is your focus? Where is your focus? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death? Personally, for me, I really relate to Leah. Um, she was rejected by her father and was used and not many people loved her. And, and for me, when I was 11 years old, my, my dad walked out on us. He left us. And I love my dad so much. I really do. But that caused a lot of issues in my life. It caused a lot of rejection. It caused a lot of fear, fear that people were always going to let me down, that everyone close to me was going to walk out on me, that everyone close to me was going to let me down. And I remember... Um, so that was when I was 11 and that carried on for years and years and I remember at about the age of 14 or 15 one of my my mum's really good friends she went through a similar situation when she was young and she came around to my house and she bought some pages of verses and these verses were very specific to my situation and at the top it said Nakia these are truths that God is speaking out over you. I encourage you to personalize them to your life. She encouraged me to speak them out over myself, over my situation, even when I didn't want to. And they were so significant for me. In fact, I actually still have them here. My pages, my scriptures that she gave me, they're all faded. But like I said, I would speak them out and personalize them over my life. And it was so significant. There was so much fruit that came from that, that fruit of the, um, speaking those words of, of life. And it created a harvest that was full of life in my life. So I wanted to read some of them to you today in the way that I would read it. I would personalize it. Psalms 27 verse 10 says, Although my father and my mother have forsaken me, yet the Lord will take me up and adopt me as his child. Romans 8 verse 1, So I have not received a spirit that makes me fearful. Instead, I have received God's spirit when he adopted me as his own child. Now I call him Abba, Father. And 1 John 3 verse 1 says, How great is the love the Lord has lavished on me, that he shall call me, Nakia, his child and that I am his. It gave me fresh perspective. It changed so much in my life. The fruit that I saw was of life. There was a lot more love and joy. There was forgiveness that happened through all of that. And so what I encourage you with today, really, really practically, is to sit down with God, to take that time to identify those those areas where you're losing hope, that you're struggling, that you feel like your focus is so inward, and I encourage you to find scriptures that really match those areas and match um, the struggles that you're going with and to speak those out over your life. To have those words that you can declare, that you can use your words to bring praise to God, to thank Him and to speak life over your situation. I encourage you that just like Leah through the naming of her ch children, she said that she is seen, she is heard. I encourage you that you are seen by him, you are heard by him. He wants to be close to you and he accepts you just as you are. And in a similar way, I encourage you to seek God, to open your ears to hear him, to get close to him, to get to know him and to sing your praises over him.
I'm going to hand over to Danielle now, who is going to carry on and give us some more practical ways that we can keep our focus set on God. Hey guys, I hope you're all going well wherever you are. I'm so happy that we can create this content for you, but there's nothing like being at church and I miss you all. Um, I've been coming to this church for nearly seven years now and I still remember the first day that I came. It was in 2014 on Australia Day and I remember little Peter Borman running around in a Australian flag morph suit and I met the entire family and I remember um, Robin giving a, a poem about this girl who lived in Australia and I remember um, some of the Betches giving an Indigenous um, element in the service. I remember meeting Luke Austin and um, Shane Denman and um, there was no Liberté back then but I remember how all the chairs were set out and um, how they had the morning tea fast. And I just think it's so funny because like if you ask me what the service was like second week in June in 2018, I would have no idea. And I'm sorry to anyone that went above and beyond that day, but honestly, I don't know. And that might be the same for you back in 2014 as well. Um, you might not remember those conversations that I remember, but I just think it's so interesting. And while Nakia was talking about focus, I'm also going to share a practical way um, that we can focus on God. And I want to do that by talking about remembering. So when we think about remembering, um, when we think about situations like that, like when I started coming to church, it's um, really interesting when you understand how the brain works. And I found out that the brain actually remembers more things when, when it's heightened, when you're in a stress situation or in a new environment. So that first day that I was at church, it was actually a new situation for me. So my brain was sort of finding out ways that I could deal with that those new people and that new area, right? And that's the same if we are in a stressful situation or if we're going through a bad time, our brain's actually able to remember more, which is great. It's actually so handy, especially when we're in danger and things like that. Like, it's actually a really powerful thing that our brain does, but we need to know that. We kind of remember more bad things than good, right? So even though we might love our church and love the messages and love worship, Sometimes we can forget those things, especially if it's the same time after time. Even revelations of God might fade if we don't refocus on them. Um, so I wanted to just give you some ways that we can, yeah, just focus in on that. And, yeah, it's kind of annoying because I know so many embarrassing, awkward moments and I can bring up all those feelings even though I don't want to. Um, but I want to give you some ideas for how we can remember God and have all those overwhelming feelings and understand the fullness of those revelations um, when we remember God. So um, one way that we can do that is by telling other people. And I think that's not what Nakia was touching on as well, is to speak it out. But not just what Nakia was talking about, about um, declaring those truths, but also I remember conversations that I've had with people. So if you, have a if you have a revelation of God's character, it's actually so powerful to then tell another person because it's actually making a next step and actioning what you've believed in. And same with being thankful. If you thank God for, um, yeah, that revelation or that understanding and um, as we praise, like, like Leah was doing, Leah actually had 
a huge revelation of God. You can see um, through the Bible that after naming her children, you can see the reflection of her life and how she's remembered, you know, all the bad things that have been happening. She's sort of dwelling on them and she's remembering Jacob doesn't love me. Maybe this will make him love me. Um, you know, all those bad situations. And she's just like, I'm remembering this bad thing, this bad thing, this bad thing. But then when um, Judah's born, she just says praise. Like, I praise you, God. Like, I remember that you are good, that you're good to me. And I remember all the blessings that you've given me. Um, and that's being thankful. That's, um, yeah, speaking out those things. Another practical way we can do that is um, capturing. So whether that's um, taking a photo. I know when I'm at um, youth or youth camps or conferences, I love to take a photo and, um, you know, maybe post about it. And it's actually really cool with Facebook and things like it automatically reminds you every year, you know, your Facebook memories and things like that. So that's just super practical, but it's actually really powerful when we um, make a stamp in the ground for things like that. Like if you actually have a revelation of God, no matter how little it seems, but it did change your life, it's important to stamp that and go, I want to remember this. I want to bring that up. I want to understand those feelings and share that. Um, we can also do that with um, like celebrating like a, like a date kind of thing. Like if you um, were born again, to have it like a mini birthday. I know people that do that and just have the little cupcake and go, I was born again this day and remember it. Um, another way we can do that. We can do what Nakia's friend did for her and write out God's promises, have them visual, have them set out around us, have them around our mirror. If it's things about identity, when we have those thoughts to have them in a clear place where we can then remember God's promises. Um, but the last thing I want to say is the Holy Spirit actually brings, it says in the Bible, it says in John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And when we remember that the Holy Spirit's a person and it's, it's a relationship with God, he can actually be speaking to us. It's not that we have to um, give to the Holy Spirit or receive from the Holy Spirit. Like it's actually a person and he wants to speak to us and bring to our minds things that he's done over and over and over again. Um, so it's really important to, yeah, have that relationship with him and press into him. Don't just um, pray at him, but yeah, ask him to remind you of things that have happened in your life, of God's goodness, of, of those encounters that you've had with him, of, um, yeah, revelations of his character to understand God's faithfulness in our lives. It's so important to remember God's faithfulness. Our third point is faithfulness. And I don't know if or what you're going through, but say your situation is like Leah's. Maybe you're in a situation that you can't control. Maybe you're tied down by something. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's health or another person in your life. Maybe there's people that... Um, don't act the way that you want them to act around you. And it might be all good and fine to say God's good, like I remember God's good, but it doesn't seem to change much in that moment. Maybe you feel like what you do isn't good enough or maybe you think that your identity is tied to your actions and you think that, that you're not good enough and that can be really hard and it can hurt inside. Maybe you feel disconnected and lonely and no matter... What you do, no matter how long you've tried, you just feel 
that loneliness, and that's exhausting. But here's the thing. I want you to remember that God is faithful, and that doesn't mean that he was faithful when you remembered it, but God is faithful, and faithful means constant goodness. It means that God can't be faithful some of the time because that would go against what faithfulness actually is. Faithfulness means faithful. And Psalm 91 verse 4 says, He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you'll find a refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Our God is faithful and he loves us no matter what situation we're in. And that's something that Leah had to understand um, and grew to understand. And she poured out her sorrows and grief to him, it seems, and um, was able to have him as her comfort. And that might not change the situation that you're in. It might not change those things around you, but it changes what's inside you. Leah had a peace, and that's what the Holy Spirit brings. The Holy Spirit brings us a peace. It says that in the Bible. So I encourage you to be open in that situation, um, whatever you're going through, to be open to the Holy Spirit and have God as your comfort, as your shield, as it says, as your refuge. When we think of a refuge, it's somewhere that we run to, that we can sit in um, and feel protected and um, to know that peace that God gives us and his goodness. God is fully present in that situation and he has an individual love for you and individual blessings for you. And if you look to the outside and um, maybe compare to other people's situations, it's nothing like when you actually focus on the things that God's doing in your life and remember his goodness and remember his promises for you because they are specific to you. He wants more than anything to be closer to us. He gave up everything and that's why Jesus died, was to be in a relationship with us so that we could be close to him. He has a passionate, steadfast, faithful love that will never change no matter what we do, no matter where we are or what we're going through. Leah had that trust in God. And he gave her blessings in her life. She knew a peace because she knew God. And even after her life, we can see that God still blessed her. Um, at the end of um, Jacob's life, we can see in Genesis 29, verse 32, he actually asked to be buried in a cave in a field, and not with Rachel, but where Leah was buried. How nice is that? Like, even after her whole life where she might have felt lonely, but God still... Um, yeah, did a work that we can see um, with her and again with her children. Like um, Nakia was saying, her sons and the sons of Jacob ended up being the tribes of Israel, but Judah, her son, became the tribe of Judah, which has, um, we can see a line of people like King David all the way down to Jesus Christ, God's own son, which is really cool. What a lineage to have. God really used her, even without her knowing. And God can actually use you in whatever situation you're in. And it wasn't because of anything Leah did. Leah, it doesn't actually say that, you know, she was perfect. She wasn't perfect. Um, and it's nothing about that. God is enough on his own. It's because of God's love for us. And I just want to read a verse from 2 Timothy 1.10. It says, He has saved us. And called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but has now been revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immorality to light through the gospel. 
Because Jesus took the place for us, he actually placed his identity on us. When Jesus went to the cross, he lived his whole life in submission and he lived his whole life without sin so that even though we weren't perfect, even though we didn't have it all together, even though we weren't worthy, even though we might have even hated God, he paid everything so that we could be clothed in his identity, which is perfect, which is enough, which is good. And that's the same piece, that an attitude that Leah had, that she could have a trust in God no matter what the situation was and have that peace. What a good God we have. And as Nakia was saying, when you turn and praise, it changes everything. Not because we need to, not because um, he's our creator and we're his servants and he's asked us to praise him, but praise is a joy. It's a joyful thing that we can do. Praise is a response to his goodness, to his faithfulness. I'm going to close in a minute, but I asked those questions back at the beginning of the point. If you might feel like um, you're in a situation that you can't control or if you feel like sometimes you're not good enough or you're not doing something enough or um, you might feel lonely or disconnected. And I just want to encourage you that God is enough for every single one of those situations that you might be in. So as I pray, I just want to encourage you to close your eyes and think about those things in your life that you might feel that disconnect, feel that, um, yeah, that gap where maybe you don't have that refuge and you need a refuge. Um, So I'm going to pray now. Um, Would you pray with me and just be open to the Holy Spirit? God, we thank you that your love isn't conditioned to anything that we do. I thank you for the cross. I thank you for everything that you've given us. Even when we didn't give anything to you, I thank you that you love us no matter what. I thank you that whatever we're going through, um, that you would give us peace. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that gives us peace. I thank you that you are enough to cover anything, any stresses. God, I just pray for that loneliness that we would know that, that you gave up everything to be close to us, that you love us um, no matter how disconnected we feel, that you are so close to us, that um, we can draw near to you and you will draw near to us. And um, God, I just thank you for your peace, God, that, um, yeah, we can just dwell in that. And as the psalm says, we can just dwell under your wings um, and you'll be our shield, God. I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you wish to connect with us, please send an email to info at life.house or come and see us at 170 Adelaide Road, Murray Bridge. And remember, the door is always open for you at Lifehouse. God's house, our home.